Our scripture this morning comes from Matthew 17, verses 1 through 9. Jesus' transformation. Six days later, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them to the top of a very high mountain. He was transformed in front of them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as light. Moses and Elijah appeared to them, taking with Jesus. Peter reacted to all this by saying to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we're here. If you want, I'll make three shrines, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, while he was still speaking, look, a bright cloud overshadowed them. A voice from the cloud said, This is my son, whom I dearly love. I am very pleased with him. Listen to him. Hearing this, the disciples fell on their faces, filled with awe. But Jesus came and touched them. Get up, he said. Don't be afraid. When they looked up, they saw no one except Jesus. As they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, Don't tell anybody about the vision until the human one is raised from the dead. That's the word of God for us this morning. Would you pray with me? Father God, Lord, I just thank you for your word. I just pray that it would be like that double-edged sword in Scripture where it, it cuts our hearts and helps us grow. Speak to our minds and our hearts this morning. Hide me behind the cross, Lord, and uh, give me words to speak. I pray for all of us who hear your word, and I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So I've titled the message this morning, It's Good That We're Here, and it is good to be in the house of the Lord uh, with you and in the presence of him this morning. As I prayed about this message and and thought about where God was going to lead me, Uh, the excuses came to mind, uh, excuses, and you know, I'm, I'm 47 and uh, I've used some pretty lame excuses over the course of my life. There was a couple that stood out in my mind as I thought about what are dumb excuses that I've made in my life. This is a true story. I was probably a sophomore in high school and uh, I didn't want to go to school that day. I was tired. It was probably a Thursday, long week, uh, May have been even a Friday, maybe trying to get a long weekend. But anyway, I I took a shower that morning and uh, I used the towel that Dad had used when he took a shower. Uh, Germaphobes may be (laughs) grossed out by that now, but uh, that's just the way it was growing up uh, in my house. But anyway, uh, so I used that towel and didn't think anything about it. And when it was time to go to school, I said, I don't want to go to school. I'm grossed out. I had to use your towel. It was the only one in the bathroom. And my dad, I remember, he chuckled like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And uh, I persisted. But I think the excuse was so lame and so far-fetched that he gave in to me. Yeah, that was a dumb excuse. And and then I thought about uh, another example. I had gotten a job. I was working for this uh, Caterpillar company. They they took old, broken down Caterpillar parts and cleaned them up and salvaged what they could, and then they would resell them if somebody had the uh, heavy machine that would break down. We had the parts that we had taken off another one, and we would sandblast, and it was around a lot of rust, and I was having trouble breathing. Now, when I when I had to, I called in one day because of that trouble breathing, and what I said was, you know, I'm having trouble breathing. I'm hurting specifically on my left side 
uh, of my lungs. And uh, they said, okay, well, when I got back to work, I was ridiculed uh, for calling in with the excuse that my left lung was hurting. (laughs) And uh, how lame of an excuse that was. Uh, Again, that one wasn't as lame as it was misconstrued to the people uh, that they let know that I wouldn't be there. But but anyway, those are bad excuses. And, and then we hear some bad excuses. Uh, I read this article. There's some bad excuses that pastors have noted over the years about why people weren't in church on Sunday. Uh, and and uh, here's a few of them that, that stood out to me that I thought were pretty funny. So these are pastors reporting. These are some of the things they've heard over the years. Uh as to why people weren't necessarily in church on Sunday. Uh, one of them said we're, we were out of peanut butter now. I don't know what that has to do with coming to church, but uh, it's a pretty lame excuse. Uh, <laughs> uh, one one pastor said he had a parishioner tell him a young man, uh, he said, well, I broke up with my girlfriend and started dating someone else. And and the pastor said, well, what's what's wrong with that? And he said, they, they both go to church here. So uh, I couldn't be here because I didn't want to deal with that conflict uh and and this one i don't think we have to worry about it here necessarily but uh one one pastor said that one of his parishioners said well the pastor's too attractive when i see him preaching i have impure thoughts and i'm distracted like i said i don't foresee that being an issue with your pastor (laughs) causing anybody to stumble in that area uh the last one of note is, is uh my wife cooked bacon for breakfast, and uh, our entire family smelled like bacon, and we didn't want to come to church with that on us. Uh, I'll just say this, church, if you know anybody who smells like bacon, uh, really, you can invite them in, because I don't think there's uh, a better smell in the world when when bacon is cooking. So, anyway, I, I, I shared an article this week on social media, and the headline of the article really stopped me in my tracks. It, it said, church should be the excuse for missing everything else in our lives. See, we give <clears throat> a lot of excuses about why we couldn't be at church, but we, those other things that, that we place that importance on in our life, we don't have any trouble getting there and, and making time for those. So the essence of the article was that church should be that primary thing <clears throat> that we focus on uh in our lives instead of everything else the message this morning is about the that experience of being in the presence of god that's something even christians these days aren't seeing as something that's important right that's why attendance numbers are declining all over the the country as far as church goes church attendance is declining and why not because it just doesn't have a place of importance in people's lives got too many other things going on and church isn't high on the priority list where are the young people you know my generation gen x didn't place an importance on being in church and now their kids aren't in church and what's it going to look like excuse me what's it going to look like in a few years when even less of the millennials have been in church and how much fewer some of their kids are. Church isn't important. You know, There, there's just no truth in that. Church plays a very important role in the lives of a Christian. 
in the life of a Christian. And I saw a quote this week, the church is one generation away from being extinct. How do we get this place of importance? The, the church gives you so much. You, yeah, you come to be in the presence of God, and we can get the presence of God anywhere. But, but that's just one of the parts of, of coming to church and, and just dedicating yourself for the time that you're here to to be with others and, and to grow closer to God and, and the fellowship that you have. And there's so many things, if we listed them all, we could fill up pages and pages of, of the benefits of coming to church and being involved in a church family. I want to center the message this morning around the statement that Peter makes in this scripture in verse 4. Peter reacted to all this by saying to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we're here. Oh, church, this morning, I hope we have that same feeling that we would say, Lord, it's good that we're here. It feels good to sing songs to you and about you. It feels good to see the faces of our brothers and sisters as we greet one another. It's good that we're here. It's good that we're here to hear the prayer concerns of those around us. It's good that we're here. It's good that we're here to give offerings and tithes to the Lord, that they would be used to make disciples of Jesus. It's good that we're here. And that's the mindset we need to have, so much so that people in our lives would, would get that impression. Man, they love their church. It's good that they're here on every Sunday morning. And I'm not saying you have to be. There's things that come up. But church should be the excuse we use to miss everything else in our life when we have to miss it. The heading in our, our Bibles, the Common English Bible, says Jesus' transformation. This morning I want to look at this story of Jesus' transformation alongside the ideal of us being in his presence in a house of worship. A centralized place of worship where we, again, get so many things you know, you know the 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 vine. There's scripture in the Bible that says uh, when you're connected to the vine of Christ, you get all that all the nutrients of it. Well, uh, I can be connected to the vine of Christ anywhere, but the closer you get to that nutrient source, the more you get, and the further down the line you are on the vine, the less you get. That's why the grapes at the start of the vine are are big and plump and juicy, and, and they get a little smaller. And, and even sometimes, so far down the line, they shrivel up, and, and they aren't even good for consumption. So let's look at that parallel along those two sides. It, it, Jesus' transformation and Peter's proclamation that it's good that we're here. And for us, is it good that we're here? Do you see church attendance of any kind as important? So I have four reasons this morning that, that, that take place in the scripture. And I think all four of these reasons can apply to us. All, uh, the reasons that it was good that Peter and, and John and, and the others were there. The first I have noted there is to prepare for what's ahead. That's one of the reasons we come to church. Uh, six days later, Jesus took Peter in verse 17 there. No, chapter 17, it's verse 1. Six days later, uh, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, and brought them to the top of a very high mountain. 
Six days later from what? To get the answer to that, we have to look back at Matthew 16, and specifically in verse 21. From that time, Jesus began to show his disciples that he had to go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders, chief priests, and legal experts, and that he had to be killed and raised on the third day. And I want to note here that Jesus, fully God and fully man, went up on a mountain. I think there's an argument people make that we, that we don't have to go to church to experience God. And, and like I said earlier, I don't think you do. You can experience God anywhere. But I believe there's a unique experience in the house of the Lord waiting for each and every person who would come and open themselves up to what God has to say for them. If we show up and open ourselves, I believe God will give us something. And not only do we need to prepare ourselves for what's ahead long term, but what about the short term? This Wednesday, we're going to enter into a season of Lent. Is there something in our lives that we can look at that's standing in the way of drawing us closer to God? Is church a chore for you? Is spending time with God something that you do out of obligation? Or do you look forward to it? Do you have that mindset of Peter? It's good that we're here. Because this was preparation. It was preparation for Jesus and what he was about to endure. But it was preparation for the disciples and what they were going to have to endure after Christ had ascended back into heaven, he was crucified. He rose from the grave and then ascended. It's preparation. That's one of the reasons we come. That's why it's good that we're here, because we can be prepared. Jesus went to the mountaintop to prepare himself for what was ahead. And the disciples went with Jesus. Went. Go. There's an action verb there. The going. We come to church, friends, to prepare ourselves to live and function in this world as Christ followers. I remember a lady, she told me she had gone through some medical stuff and she missed church for a couple weeks in a row and uh, she hated to miss church. Uh, She she had that total Peter mindset. It's good that we're here because if the doors were open, she was there. And and pastors love that. uh, And parishioners. Uh, but she had missed for a couple of weeks. She had been sick and uh, I stopped in to see her and she said she misses it so. She missed being at church and she couldn't wait to get back. And I said, well, that's great to hear. I'm glad you, you love it so much that you, you hate to even miss a single Sunday. And she said to me, and I love this, I stole it right in that instant. She said, well, church to me is, is, is this life is like a, a car Throughout the, our busy weeks, we use fuel. We use our gas up. And she said to me, sometimes I come into Sunday morning and, and my tank is sitting right on E. I have been emptied out. The world and all the things and the negativity in life. And I'm on E. And I come to church and I get filled back up. And yeah, I thought, what a great analogy. What a beautiful picture of what church should be for all of us. Oh, we're empty, this world, we busy work weeks and, and family stuff going on and practices and you name it, meetings, whatever. And we're emptied out. Come to church and get that tank filled back up. Be renewed. Like I said, you can I do that in my living room? Yeah, but I can't get the fellowship. I can't get the prayer concerns of my brothers and sisters. I can't sing in harmony with others the praises of my king. I can't do that. Are we prepared? 
Jesus went up to prepare himself. He took the disciples with him to prepare them for what was coming. We come so we can prepare ourselves. And not only is the preparation important, the next thing I want us to see is that we come to hear from God. I spend time in the mornings in prayer and I want to always dedicate some some silent time where I'm not the one speaking. God, if you would have anything that you want to reveal to me, I'm here. You know, I'll sit there for 30 seconds. It feels like three or four minutes. And the mind races. And I'll clear my head. And kind of like the pitcher does with the, with the pitch. You shake it off. I'm like, get that out of your head. You're focusing on God. And then a few minutes later. So what I'm saying is it's hard to take this set amount of time and just solely dedicate it to God. But but I hope that's what church is for all of us, that we would take this time that's set apart in our week to come and to hear from God. We were attending church somewhere, and, and the pastor uh, delivered a message that I didn't really feel. It wasn't speaking to me. It wasn't anything bad in it. It just, uh, you know, I, I didn't get anything from it. And I, I, I got in the car, and uh, I was about to tell Tanya that, man, that was a waste of an hour and a half this morning uh and before i could get that out she told me oh that sermon really spoke to me i got so much from it well i kept my negative comments to myself and 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 god revealed to me in that moment that it's not always for me it's not always for me and i i thought and i pray that really weighed on me all week And I just felt like the Spirit of God was saying, when you go to church, when you're in His presence, when you're around brothers and sisters in Christ, ask God, what would you have for me in this service this morning? Man, it's not always the message. Sometimes it's in the song. Majesty. We sang that this morning. Worship is majesty. Jesus who died, now crucified, King of all kings. Man. That'll speak to you. What do you have for me this morning, God, as I come and separate this time? Dedicate it solely to you. I want to hear from you. That's what if we if we are listening today, and even in this scripture, I'm paraphrasing, but Jesus is saying, it's not about you. You come and it's about me. And in that process. If you open yourself up, you'll hear from me. That's why there are churches who would pick a church, people who would pick a church based on the type of music they play. I like a church that has contemporary music. Okay. So you like the music. What about God? See, God doesn't care what we sing to him. He cares about our heart when we sing it. But sometimes we don't hear from God, church, because we're too worried about hearing from ourselves. I'm going to steal this from Ryan Watson. He said it a few weeks ago in Bible study. We we had a sermon a few weeks ago on the Beatitudes, but too much of our life is about the me-attitudes. I don't hear from God in, in this worship service this morning because I'm too busy thinking about what I want out of it. 
God, I come here with an open heart and an open mind to pour myself out to you. And if you would so see fit and you want to reveal something to me, if you want to speak to my heart, I'm open to that this morning. Uh, Southeast is a good example of this. And I love Southeast Christian. I don't talk bad about it at all ever because they do so much great work in our uh, greater Louisville area. Uh, and really preach the word. But I was talking to a musician who who's in the rotation of musicians at Southeast Indiana. And uh, I said, oh, how often do you play? Do you play every Sunday? And he said, no, we have so many musicians that I really get to play about once every three months. <laughs> once every three months. Now, if I have a complaint about that kind of a large church, it's this, that you have so many musicians that you play once every three months. Is there not a church out there that needs a music leader that could use your talents? Hey, I don't, what you do with your talents is between you and God, but is God, why would God have a church with no musical leader and churches one church with a hundred and waiting where you play once every three months. Man, God could use that every Sunday. I, I think, why would these people wait in line for their turn when they could lead others on a Sunday morning? I don't know. I can't answer it for them, but I got to think it's something that's about me. Well, I want to be at this style of church. I want to play this style of music, and I want, man... We we all function because we have parts that work. It, to me, I get this picture that uh, these bigger churches have parts <laughs> that belong in other on other bodies. You, you've got so many arms at Southeast. How about sending those arms out to serve? And like I said, that's not a knock on Southeast. I love them and I pray for them and I love their ministry uh, in a lot of areas, but. Do you hear from God? Is God saying, stay put? These folks over here don't have any musical leaders at all. And this church has so many that you only lead music once every three months. <laughs> Little Fort Rittner, uh, bless their hearts. I was there for a year and a half, two years, and uh, they didn't have a musical leader. They didn't have a musician. They didn't have anything, so... I downloaded a bunch of piano hymns on my phone, and I led the music. Bless their heart. That was, when they came back the second week after hearing me sing, I was so blown away. I said, these people are hungry for the Word of God because they're not coming uh, for the singing because it was rough. So here's a church with nothing as far as music to lead praises to our King but there's churches close by that have so many. Anyway, hearing from God is the point in that. God, you've given me this talent. What would you have me to do? Man, I'm going along here and it's not even, I'm not even on the third point. But we, we come to hear from God. We can hear from him anywhere in our lives, but church is specific to that. Third, uh, this experience of transformation, this mountaintop experience, it reminds us that God is real. We had this discussion last week in Bible study. We experienced something so profound, and in the moment we know it's God. There's no doubt that it's God. But as time moves on, we see God less than that. 
blown away. What reminds you, church, this morning that God is real? And last night we went to Branchfield Prison for a follow-up and a church service. Just just about 12 inmates and, and me, Ryan, and another pastor. And uh, man, it was good. But one of the reminders that I know God is real because I see a changed life. I see men desperate and hungry for God. Matthew doesn't record anything about the conversation. Uh, we have to go to Luke for that. Luke 9, 30 and 31 says, Two men, Moses and Elijah, were talking with him. They were clothed with heavenly splendor and spoke about Jesus' departure, which he would achieve in Jerusalem. I would imagine as they watched all these things unfold, Jesus said, uh, what happened? This experience on the mountain came back to them and they were reminded of that. When life happens to us, when, when things hit us unexpectedly and we start to stumble, we need to be reminded, church, that God is real. God is real. Cling to that. That's one of the reasons we come to church. I look around and I say, oh, I'm, God has healed this person and, and, and he's healed this person and these, this couple got married and I see all these beautiful reminders that God is real all around us. Again, I can see that in my world outside of my church connection but I see it vividly when I come and I'm in his presence here and in the company of brothers and sisters. And then finally, one of the reasons we come, one of the reasons Jesus went, we're to assure us of eternity. Verse 9 there, as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, don't tell anybody about the vision until the human one is raised from the dead. Well, what's that mean? Jesus beat death and, and so can we. Once that happens, Jesus says, tell everybody, go and tell all the nations, assured of eternity. I have spoken this week with brokenhearted people over deaths in their life. And you know, the way that I comfort in those situations is to assure them of eternity. In six weeks, we're going to celebrate Easter, but church, every Sunday should be Resurrection Sunday that we celebrate the risen Lord. I love this quote from Billy Graham. I think it's in your, your bulletin there. Uh, he said, For the believer there's hope beyond the grave because Jesus Christ has opened the door to heaven for us by his death and resurrection. We're assured of that. God's word assures us of that. First Peter 1 Peter 1.3.6 says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. We're assured of it. As the weeks, and you miss church for three or four weeks, and, and that assurance seems further back. We come. We come this morning to be prepared and every Sunday morning to be prepared for what's ahead. To be in his presence and to hear from God. To be assured of eternity. It's good that we're here and it's good that you're here and I just pray for a world that they would have that mindset that Oh, I love to do those other things, but I need to be here first.
This needs to be my priority. Let's pray. Uh, Father God, again, I just uh, thank you for your word. I thank you for your desire to to draw us close to you. And, and church is one of those mediums in which you use that. So I thank you for it, Lord. Uh, just have this message weigh on our minds as we uh, leave this place today and we think about priorities in our life and those things that we place as important. Where does church fit in that, Lord? And nobody can answer that question for anybody but ourselves. So, Lord, just speak to our hearts and our minds and, and what you would have us to do. It's good that we're here, but, Lord, it's good that you're here, and we're so thankful for that. Go with us now into our worlds. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.